Yo, excuse me, Miss Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this very mic, you're about to hear we, we swear, swear the, the best, best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, also if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Welcome, welcome, welcome to America 20 to Life. I'm your host, Mike Lynn, here with my beautiful wife and co-host, Erica Lynn. What's up, babe? What's up, y'all? You got your power suit jacket on today. I like it, because we went to the council meeting, right? That's why we're a little late coming to y'all. We usually start at 8 o'clock, but... Uh, there was a lot of confusion. We was actually going to do it at 4 o'clock, but then a meeting, ran, a over. meeting ran over, and then it was like, all right, well, we'll do it at 5 o'clock, and then somebody was like, you know, that's Kyle was at 5 o'clock. If y'all don't know what that is, committee of the whole. So we was like, man, we want to go down here for that. So we ended up changing times, and I figured we'll come after the council. Uh, so today, if y'all don't know, it was the first time council got back into session in, in person. person. And so we was able to go and stare them in their face and let them know our disgust genuinely um it was a decent turnout uh ranked choice voting was on the ballot today Mm -hmm. which i was really surprised how that went you know to be honest with you um there seemed like some you know how we always talk about white supremacy and how people try to protect it by rules and laws and policy and so on and so forth and they like scratch and scrape not to have something put through but we heard those kind of conversations prior to the vote, but then the vote came through and it passed, I think, unanimously, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Passed unanimously. I, well, so, no, actually, I'm not sure, because that's the thing with in-person now. It's not like a one-by-one yeah. one thing. They do this weird group, you know, yay and nay, yeah. and I don't even know how they can tell. I don't either. I, I'm like, how do y'all, because sometimes it sounded like the opposite. Yeah, like when Kathy asked to table... uh Steve Purchase. Yeah, the being reappointment pur- of this of Steve Tr- Purchase. Yeah, it went through to be ta- it, it went through to be talked separated about and, and separated. Talked, yeah. So it went through okay. And then when they voted on whether or not to, I believe, table it or to not push him through, it sounded like that Kathy had won the day and then it come back that it was it was six or it's five to two. Yeah. And I was like and I was like, wait a minute, that sure didn't sounded like a whole lot more people said I think they should do roll call. I don't like that. All in favor, yay, nay. I don't like that because then we don't get to see who's yeah who's doing what. And I I, I don't know. Do does council end up writing that like into the agenda minutes on what happened? I don't know. I'll have to check. It hasn't been like that for so long. I don't know because virtually they have to do the whole going around the room. Yeah, and doing it that way and. To be clear on the rank choice voting, um, the, it, it in itself was not on, you know, to vote. So that's what was odd about all of the conversation Mike's talking about that they were having is because what was on the table was literally to put it to vote by the people. Mm-hmm. So I literally the whole time kept thinking, I don't care how y'all right. feel about it. Right. Not <laughs> so, really our not really our issue. Yeah. So um, I was kind of like, huh. Yeah, so anyways, we do have some uh breaking but 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 breaking news news. Uh ranked choice voting did get put on for the ballot in two in two thousand twenty one November. 
So it did go through. Ranked choice voting is going to be on the ballot for the people to decide. Thank you, Brian T. Jackson, for expressing that concern. I think Garza also kind of said that. It seemed very favorable uh, that they were in line with allowing the people, the people to decide, decide it. And I thought that was good because Kathy, excuse me, Kathy was also involved in, in, mm-hmm. wanted the people to decide. But Carol Wood, I, it was really, I was always really kind of surprised with Carol Wood's reactions to things. It doesn't make sense to me, given what we know about Carol. Uh, it seems like, you know, some of the stances that she takes doesn't make sense to me. But uh, when Carol spoke up about ranked choice voting, it was very, it was in a very, it was in like a, um, like she was against it. Mm-hmm. You know, and ultimately, like, it seemed like she was totally against it. And then uh, Adam spoke up and he seemed undecided in the beginning of his conversation, but then leaned more towards not being okay. against it for reasons that I felt like were not their decision to make. Like they were concerned about longer lines at the polling booth and people not understanding the the ticket in front of them. That's not really your concern to be able to. It's like you're sitting there as an adult and we're all children. and You're saying. I don't believe they'll understand this information, so let's keep it from them. You know how adults do that? Like, yep. we don't want our kids knowing about our bill finance, our financial issues, and mom and dad arguing. Like, that's not y'all job. So, Brian T., Kathy Dunbar, um, and Jer- Jeremy Garza, thank you for speaking on the fact that you wanted it on the ballot so that the people could decide. It's not y'all's position to decide whether or not we get to have a voice on that. And I thought that was amazing for them putting it through. It did vote and through unanimously, I think, because we, again, we really really can't tell. I mean, that information will come up later on, but at this point. If somebody can answer that, like, is there anywhere official that their votes are? I I think we know that, though. There isn't anywhere official that they're clocked. No, because that's what um, Brandon Betts got in trouble for in the beginning because he was clocking people's votes and telling people how they were voting, which was, and what we need a, but yeah it's really odd so if you're in that moment you don't catch it <clears throat> that's just it yeah so anyways council was definitely different i know a lot of people had a complaint that they didn't know council was in person today and that they wouldn't have an online feature to be able to give public comment which is sad uh we we never want people to be silenced and the voices not to be silenced but i think that that plays in line with you know them being able to just shove things through you because on zoom I don't know how many people were participating, but I'd imagine it had to be in the high numbers of people that were at least showing up to watch it. Mm-hmm. And in, you know, at, at council in person, although I'm happy they're back in person and we get to go see them in, in person, uh, it definitely does uh, put together a kind of a, you know, a process that's harder for some people to make. You know, Extremely you got to sit in there for hours. You know, you got to wait for your time for public comment. Then some people have an issue speaking in public. So that's a that's an issue for some t- folks or also. Or mobility issues make yeah. it harder or uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a very inequitable process. And I mean, it's inequitable in the aspect of they kind of, now they've done this process that's new to now where you have to fill out a paper that you want to go on council and tell them what you want to say. That that I thought was kind of messed up. Yeah, and there's rules on it, which I'm like, that's because of us. <laughs> yes. No, it's not because of, I mean, because of the last year, probably. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's literally like a list of rules. Um, You will direct your comments at the president. What? When is that a thing? Oh, I didn't read none of that. I was like, okay. I didn't read did. none of that. Rob brings up a great point. Got to stress on on the ranked choice voting. He says, got to stress that they put it on the ballot as a two-parted and both must pass. Yeah. And the and thing. Brian T. asked, 
not to have that that yeah, way. Yeah, can't we just it, put this together as one so nobody's confused? Because it was it can be confusing for people, and the problem was if if it's confusing for people, they could vote no on one and yes on the other. Right. And one thing I will point out: if you don't know what you know about ranked choice voting, the other one it basically talks about changing the charter to take away the primary. What if somebody doesn't know what ranked choice voting is, and that by default inherently it takes care of the primary but when you word it like we're taking something away somebody might vote no on that just simply because it sounds negative yeah. you know yeah somebody like loretta stanway who thought that our system is perfect and no need to mess with it if that's it what they broke, said i'm like it. whoa wait a minute yeah what ranked choice voting means to me and i didn't speak on ranked choice voting because they didn't give me an opportunity to because i put on there that i wanted to speak on the um, amendment item that Kathy Dunbar was bringing forward, which was advanced peace needing this money from the city that they've already declared they would give, and they need a match from the county, uh, or excuse me, a match from the city the county does, and they wouldn't allow that to go through, which is a whole other issue that we'll talk about. But ranked choice voting means to me um, is that we get a chance to root for our candidate the whole way, meaning that the t from the time that they say they want to run, we can root for them the whole way without showing our hand. And this is the problem with politics in Lansing, that if you show your hand for a candidate and you jump out too far and they don't make it past the primary, then you're kind of stuck on this island of, well, you said you wanted that person and now I'm here. Now you're trying to. And I think that takes that away. You can vote for you can go for your person the whole way and have your second and third person in line that you would like to see and actually vote for that. And I, and I think that also it allows somebody like Farhan who is going to have a really tough time getting through the primary just by name recognition alone, more time to build up a base to vote for him in November. And that also gives more time for somebody like Farhan, who is actually speaking for the people throughout the mayoral process in order to give the people what they need to know, more doors to hit, more Not time. Not knocked out of the primary. Right. right. You get knocked out of the primary and all your work just kind of went to waste in three months. You know, like they don't get going until April. That's the deadline. And then the August and is the primary. Is the primary. Yep. There's exactly. no real time to build up steam or, mo or you know, or, um, you know, steam, basically. There's no time to build up momentum before you're already on the chopping block. And then it's down to two candidates that we already know. One of them more than likely is going to be somebody we absolutely don't want in there. And then the other person is going to be somebody else's second or third choice. And that's a problem. Let's get all the way to the point and let the, let, the, let the people. So it's sad. This is one of the most important elections Lansing, the city of Lansing has ever had. Let's just be clear. It's like one of the most important elections Lansing has ever had, will ever have. I think the only other important election we had was in 2016 when he was 17, excuse me, when uh, Andy Shore was voted in. Mm -hmm. That was the other most important election. This one to get him out is this is the next most important election we'll ever have, and it's too bad the ranked choice and wasn't ranked choice wasn't already in play at this point. But great for the work that people did uh, lobbying to get this on there, and it came in, and it was quick. And so, you know, when I think about how fast and how easy ranked choice voting got in there, what do you think it makes me think of? A whole bunch of other. No, no, no. Oh. What, what's what's the charter change that we are all talk about? We need given the fact that Andy has ruined. The strong mayor system. Oh, the um, uh, city manager. And how easily it was that this got onto the agenda. Just for but we can't on. get that onto the agenda to let the people decide that. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Where there's a will, there's a way. Always. And ring choice voting, too, I think for me, um, you know. <laughs> he said it wasn't quick. <laughs> the lobbying side of it. We can't even get people to lobby for it, though. 
Um, but the ranked choice voting thing for me also, I think because we know that in our, especially in our, our area, um, money networks, you know, favors, favor, all of these things play a part into politics. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when your incumbent has a lot more money than you and a lot more favors to give and has a lot more resources and all of the relationships that they've built up, it's a really, really, you know, steep mountain to climb. And I think for ranked choice voting, it helps because all the way up to the primary, it's really a race between everybody that's going against the incumbent. And I think that creates an inequitable situation in itself because everybody's down there fighting each other and they're really just kind of going against each other trying to beat people out for the primary because there's a an inherent, you know, kind of thought process that the incumbent's going to hit the primary. The incumbent's going to make it past the primary, right? So we all have to fight each other to make it past the primary. I feel like ranked choice voting would kind of take care of that situation. Right. I think it would. So my my comment about it being quick was not that it didn't take lobbying up to this point. My comment was that it came on as an agenda item. Oh, yeah, to, like literally. And it's there. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It didn't I don't know if it I don't remember it going through a committee or anything like that. If it did go through a committee, I didn't I wasn't aware of it, so maybe I'm wrong in that aspect, but uh-huh. it wasn't sitting in no committee for 3 years just waiting to get pushed through. So um, the conversation since I've known about ranked choice voting has been over the last probably six to eight months. And um, it came through however it came through and now it's here. So if well, you guys I would like know, to know, how did y'all get How did y'all get it on there today? Right. That's what I would like to know. Yeah. Whatever process y'all followed to get, actually get somebody to write it out and get it put out to where they were voting on it to put it on the ballot. I think that would be important and useful because they didn't, you know, that's when I thought Adam was going to support it because he like named that. He's like, oh, you know all of these people that have worked really hard on it and blah, 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 but then went to kind of the reasons on why he wasn't sure if it was going to be good for. for so he says it was in committee. So this is what I'm talking about, Ryan. I know that this has been a conversation of y'all's for a long time, but the process that y'all got it to come into committee and then out of committee, how long did that take? I mean, you guys know more than I do. So how long did that process take? And why is it that we can't get uh, the change of the city charter for the strong mayor situation. Or has city it ever manager. even went to committee? Has it been in committee? Yeah. Have we got it there? What do we need to do to get it there? Yeah. Like that's the conversation. We're I'm trying, trying to follow to that template. Yeah. So it, so <laughs> then if it, if that's true, then it came into committee, out of committee into into um into cow, which we seen them go ahead and say, okay, it's on the agenda. Let's vote on it there. And then it came out of cow into the into uh you know the general city or the city council meeting and then voted on. So what's the process we need to do to change the charter then so that we don't have another maniac like Shore? Clarita says, nope, several times it was supposed to be voted on for a couple of years and then just never did. Hmm. But it stayed alive. I think that's the difference is sometimes when you have certain things that um, are a little bit more palatable, it it has a hope of staying alive where it doesn't just go to a committee to die, Yeah, which we've seen. So, <laughs> so neither here nor there, it's on there now. And the people have to, again, like Ryan said, get educated on what it means. Yeah, um, fight back propaganda because that's going to be a big one. You're going to have opposition. I mean, Loretta was just completely staunchly against it. The way she was talking about yeah. it, too, was like so strongly. Like, it was, you know, the worst thing ever for, for our city. And I was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. So motivated team. Let's see then. I want to see this motivated team. Can we get some violence stopped in this city with that motivated team? (laughs) Let's talk about that motivated team. Because they were not trying to do nothing about that tonight. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any, uh, any work on things that are actually 
That was I didn't brutal. affect change today. Tonight with all was these brutal. motivated teams, but I am not gonna. Yeah, tonight was brutal. That was really brutal because it it felt even more polarized of like people feeling a certain way about things that are very emergent to us, and then just the atmosphere. You know, the other motivated team that we had, them. defund police. That was a motivated team with thousands. Yeah. So what did y'all do that was so different, so special? Yeah, I need. I'm explain to me. I'm. I like need to know because that was literally a. It didn't take much for it to literally go to committee to die and never be spoken of again. So I really need to know. <laughs> oh, they said they got your phone at the front security desk. Oh yay! Woohoo! Mm. Your girls. Yeah. So, anyways, um. If can we, can you we are <laughs> still, can you take us some time while I take this text? Sure. I'm like, are you just going to read the text now? <laughs> but tonight was interesting. I don't know if interesting is the best word to use, but it was taxing. It was frustrating. Um, being in person is a little bit different because I ended up telling them this to their face, but like just kind of seeing how everybody's interacting and seeing the flippant nature of certain things but then being able to watch certain people get upset about certain things and i was like i, I can't get I'm off like, of this yeah. last comment i can't get off this last comment that we had a motivated team they did try to kill it because i remember something else going through committee and getting killed and we had a motivated team so what is it about that team that got this through but we couldn't get defund police to come out of committee I'm sorry that 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 That's last comment said. bothers the hell out of me because things that affect black people, we couldn't get a motivated team together to get that done. But y'all got a motivated team to get ranked choice voting on the ballot. Explain that to me. And we had that kicked out of the committee for a hot second and then they kicked it back to the committee. And then we literally it never got spoken of again. That resolution, literally, there was no friendly amendments. There was no work done on it. There were no suggestions. There was no collaborative, you know, collaborative efforts to say, well, let's do this. This is what we that can shit seemed like None white privilege that. to me. If something's important to white people, it gets done. It gets through. I'm just going to be straight with you. So I don't I don't know what that means, but I need to hear more about That's that. That's why I said I really want to know the very specific yeah, details. Tell me on what that. y'all did that we couldn't get done. We can't get shit done for our people. So explain to me how y'all got ranked choice voting through with a motivated team. I don't know nobody was more motivated than Black Lives Matter over the last year. I mean, and the allies. Yeah. My God. But that's Black Lives Matter in my concern. Allies are a part of that process for me. And we showed up to council every single day for a year. And the committee meetings. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. That Public just... comment to committee meetings, emails to the council members, emails to the committee that it was in like that. It was deep. People were expending a lot of time and energy into that. And they yeah. were OK. They got away with just never speaking of it again. Let's just let, Claretta, what I'm trying to explain. She said, I will tell you later. It's not fair to discount work that has been done for years. I'm not discounting nobody work. I'm expressing that white privilege is the reason why that was on the ballot. If y'all talking about dedicated, motivated teams, because it was a dedicated, motivated team that worked for what a year and a half now. Mm, yeah. And we had people on council that was for it and couldn't get it through. Mm -hmm. But I seen today in the ranked choice voting who was there for that. It wasn't no people of color in there talking about ranked choice voting. Not to say that all I'm saying is, is really is really uh, that really upsets me that something like that that's been worked on for whatever years was being able to brought through because of a motivated team when we had a motivated team so if those same people would work as hard for our situations that affect black people then maybe we get something done so i'm calling y'all to the table to get committed then 
because otherwise i think what yeah. we're saying is we're two years behind in two years maybe that'll be enough time put into it yeah so maybe uh, yeah so anyways aside from that ranked choice voting is on i like it i'm not against it uh i would love to know you know what it is they did you know that to get it co- to come through Aside from that, um, yeah, because I think that's important to name. I do want to. Yeah, know. let's not I just say that motivated teams because I know my team was motivated as hell and we giving up well, everything yeah. in our lives to get this done and we couldn't get it done. So let's not play that motivation was the only reason why this got done or that hard work or determination because that's taken away from the people that laid in the street for mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. That's taken away from all the rallies that we did, all the times we stood up against white supremacy. We got a damn good motivated team. We just ain't been able to get nothing done because it's black and brown people asking for something for ourselves. So let's not say that because that takes away from what we've been doing to say that that's the reason why they got it through and out of committee. No, it doesn't affect anything having to do with black and brown people. That's easy to move along. That's easy to move along. We can't get nothing done for us as a people. And the, and that's I very apparent thing, by today's vote on taking advanced peace off the agenda. Yeah, I was just going to. The one thing that could affect change what murders happening in the city daily. They they said, oh, we don't want to even talk about that. That's not even going to be a conversation today. That wasn't a resolution to take any action either. That's what was so. No, they was just asking for the council to recommend to the mayor that he give the money. That's all it was. And they couldn't even agree it on that a resolution to urge. So put that motivated mayor. team to work on that shit. A resolution to urge. That was what that was. And they were like, eh. yeah, kill it. literally, I, they were just like, Ugh. aside from that, though, Kathy Dunbar came on Talked and. Gave a couple great, great, great points. I mean, she brought up the Advanced Peace Initiative and the fact that a resolution was written uh, by the county and requesting the council to um, request of that money of the mayor. And it was like, I've never seen the council get that animated about anything. I mean, Peter Spatafore looked like a hissy bitch up there. Like, he was really upset. He, he was pissed. Yeah, he was really pissed. He was pissed that Kathy Dunbar would call him to the table on not allowing, disallowing something to come to the agenda. Well, and got the way, real hissy. The way and, and, and he her. got done. Yeah, he was really, that's why I said hissy bitch, because he got real, I felt like agitated and very aggressive with Kathy. It was directly. bullying. It was bullying. It was bullying from the, from, the, uh, from the gavel. It was bullying. And I was looking at that like, yo. You that angry about somebody calling y'all to the table on something that they're right about, but you're not that angry about the violence happening in the city. You're not that angry about all of these other things. You, I can't get no reaction out of you when I tell you. So I went up. They they asked if um they asked they asked if uh you know anybody had any community things to say. And this was after the whole Kathy Dunbar situation happened when she asked them mm-hmm. to consider. And it was like it was a late. She basically was, it was a late item. Yeah, she asked to add a late item to the agenda. That was what prompted such outrage. Yeah, and um, hold on a second. Go ahead, just. Yeah. And then the way I will say this: this was something that really caught my attention. Not only was it she verbally chastised in a tone by both. Um, well, I shouldn't say that because I guess Councilmember Woods was more or less. Towards Brian, because Brian didn't say specifically, like, you didn't read it, but he was like, I don't know if you read the whole thing or not, blah, 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 blah. And, like, she took very big issue to that and was like, I read the entire thing, so it was an informed choice. And then Peter came in and said, I read the whole thing, and it was, this is an informed vote. But, like, even throughout that, like, the tone, it was vitriol. Like, they were so upset. And then he kept looking over 
and giving yeah. Kathy this look. He did that a couple uh, times. He after literally he was, was sitting talking. over and just staring her down. And I thought, wow, that's kind of an attempt at being intimidated. I wouldn't be intimidated in any way, shape, or form. But I was just like, man, yeah. you're that upset because they didn't, you know, the follow the right. And I want to be clear. <laughs> Grant Blood said his face went red and he just kept staring at her. Yeah, it was. He was pissed. It was. Cr- it was kind of crazy to watch. And my thing was like. Why are we that upset? Because certain things weren't followed and you don't ever get enough time in three minutes. But what I would have loved to say is why are we acting like we don't know why this was brought the way it was and kind of haphazard, if you will, and not following the exact protocol and verbiage that is supposed to typically be followed. Right. We're in a moment right now. We understand this. Peter, you know this. So I'm sorry that all of the rules weren't followed to a T, but that's why it was a late item. And people have seen late items be added on for the most frivolous things. Which Brian T. spoke on. Yes. Brian T. said, we brought late items in here for, you know, uh, an event to happen or to, you know, know, to do this little thing or that little thing. He's like, I don't see why this is no different. This is a late item we should definitely bring on. And they just voted it down staunchly, angrily. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Spatafor voted it down angrily. And then they uh, continued on giving their explanations of why they voted it down. And, and it all had to do with process. Yep, it all had to do with process. And I and so after they did all of that, I went up there in my community, uh, my community um, announcement to invite them all to the next funerals that are going to take place in the city because they just bullshitted on that. Because you got so the point of the matter is is that the conversation was that they need this funding in order to stop start advanced peace this year. If they don't have the funding by this time, they won't be able to start advanced peace this year, which means. We'll have to go into next year before we can get advanced peace going. And it's a matching. It's a matching it's a match. fund situation. So the county's already given the money. All they're saying is, hey, we're, there's $70,000 for the first year that's out there. We'll give thirty-five more thousand if the city gives thirty-five more thousand. Now, I thought well, another thing that was concerning and really, again, goes back to my point about, you know, things being pressed through for, you know, reasons of um, that don't affect black and brown people. Uh, in any good way is they got a grant to help the park mcguire park over off of aurelius i don't even know what park i think oh it's that park on jolly and aurelius mcguire park that, that, that leads to the trail mm-hmm. they got a grant to put another one of these workout pad things in over like there, the one they did downtown which is a park that nobody can walk to you can't get to it unless you take miles on the trail or walk across busy uh intersections and so on but they got a grant that I guess was $50,000 and then it had to be a city match of 50000 The exact same scenario that we're talking about with Advanced Peace. The Advanced Peace is proven across the country to stop violence by like 50%. By like 50%. It's, it's a proven model. It's not That's theory. 10 lives that might theory. get saved. Proven model. And y'all talking about $35,000. They're saying we want to start Advanced Peace by October 1st. And it, the only thing holding that up is this little bit of money right here. And the city of Lansing is like, oh, and then the mayor comes on and he starts expressing his disdain and why he doesn't know, because I need to know where the money's going to go. Who's it going to sit with? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And then also I'm talking to other community partners and community organizations that are doing this work. And I said, name one, name one community, anything that's doing violence intervention. We're not talking about people who work with aftermath killings and people who work with uh, before the situation gets to that point. Name one person that's walking into the into the fray and stopping violence as it sits right there. Ain't nobody but the village doing that. And tell me you're talking to them. 
Yeah, tell me you're talking to the village. Are, are you talking to the village? You, you say you're talking to other people who are doing this. But Just name the, the one person that's doing it. In, in layman's terms, this is really, really important. This is so important for y'all to understand. The reason why, because again, we're talking about money. We're talking about a matching, you know, it was 35-35. You don't get the 35 from the Ingham County, you know, Ingham County, unless you have the 35 from the city. That's important. A, right? But what's most important is, again, this was not to vote on money. This had nothing to do with the money at all. Nope. This was a resolution to urge the mayor to release that money. And do you want to know why that's so important? Is because the mayor has the ability, has the power, whatever you want to call it, to just say, yes, we'll find the 35000 We will commit to that. And it's important to know because he said it tonight. We don't have a contract in yet. You know, we haven't had a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if you know anything about, you know, especially like a county contract, county contract is the last thing. That's the very last thing that happens. He said, we don't even have a contract. We don't even yet. have a contract yet, et cetera. He said, so we don't know, you know, where the money is going. Et it's cetera, going et cetera. to advance peace. But that's, that's not true. He knows exactly where the money is because advance peace already has a budget that tells you exactly where the money is going to go and how it's going to spend. What propaganda doesn't know is who is going that's to be problem. holding that money? Who's so that's it? why it was so important for the council to urge him to do this because the council needed to come on record to say it don't matter. None of that matters. We are saying as a collective body, speaking for the people, that you need to do this because it's what's right and what's just and what's needed. That's all we were asking them to do. So I go back to what I always say, like what good are what good are y'all for if you are not even you can't even do the least it was literally just the to least urge, you like, did say that too what can y'all do if you can't even do the least <laughs> so i got up and comment and, and stated that uh we all remember when peter spatter for in the city of lansing and mayor shore and all of them got up on stage and played this whole big we love the kids and it's the utmost will you look for that will you look for that event that event and what peter spatter for said um that it's our number one priority it's our absolute number one priority we have to be paying attention to this violence in this city and i said bullshit bro you don't care about these kids stop acting like you do and then i even went to their little event spoke at the event and talked to peter spatterford afterwards and said listen man i don't know you you don't know me this is my first time ever seeing you face to face let's put everything aside whatever you think about me and let's try to work at getting this thing done give me a call sometime we already invited him on the show. Give me a call sometime. Let's sit down. That was what, three weeks ago? Have I spoken to Peter Spatterfor since? Mm -mm. Has he said anything publicly since about anything having to do with the violence in the city? Mm -mm. Why do we keep allowing this propaganda to happen over and over and over and over again? Like, why is it that the people of this city, not us, not, not America fam, because we're all informed. We all get what's going on. We get it, right? But we're only so many voices. So why is it that the rest of the city just stands on status quo that all we need from our elected officials is for them to stand up, speak at us and tell us that, hey, we're doing something. We're doing something. And nobody says, well, what? Well, what intended results do you expect to get out of what it is that you're doing? They can always just say, just like Andy Shore said today, we're talking to this people. We're talking to that people. Yo, we're tired of y'all doing any talking. We're tired of talking. It's been a year and a half. Yo, when George Floyd was killed, when murdered. We all know now that Anthony Hulon was murdered a month prior to that. Yep. What have you seen out of this administration to make sure that a George Floyd doesn't happen here or an Anthony Hulon again? We've seen absolutely nothing. 
We've seen task force after committee, after alliance, and we've seen absolutely nothing out of all that. Come out of it. Nothing and tangible. now we're supposed to give $300,000 to this defunct alliance that was put in place by the mayor that we know by multiple sources is all his, um, uh, what is what I want to call it, campaign donors and campaign financers and people who have been benefiting from, yeah, benefiting <laughs> from his tyranny. You put on an alliance to figure out what's going on in our city. And let me tell you something else that the whole city needs to realize. I've heard this conversation before. I think it was Jody Washington and maybe somebody, one of Pat's people who said on their Facebook, oh, do we realize that you can't vote in Lansing if you don't live here? Do you make that same conversation to the alliance he put together? All people who live in Okemos, Delta Township, no. East Lansing, DeWitt. That point is not made. No, you don't make that point in that sense. You wanted to just talk shit about a one individual who, by the way, you don't know where that person lives. Shut your ass up. You have no idea. And you sound stupid to the people who do know where this person lives. But the point of the matter is, it's that is an important factor. That is an important factor that all of these people sit on all these boards and not boards these mayoral appointed alliances and so on and don't even live here. What we found out is MIDAC, the very first one, the mayor's, uh, what was it? Inclusion, inclusion diversity. diversity. Uh, yeah. What's the one action count? Not action. No. Alliance. No, it was not that. MIDAC. What the hell MIDAC. was the A? Mayor's inclusion and diversity advisory council. Advisory council. What we found out is this is so crazy to me. One of the very first people, her name, I can't remember her name was something Guerrero. Remember? Mm -hmm. Jennifer, maybe? Jennifer Guerrero, maybe. Could yeah, be, possibly one of the very first people she to leave there disgusted and, and frustrated. Come to find out is about to run for city council in East Lansing. What the what is she doing on our anything? What we, are these people doing right on our after anything? We, after she left, we found that out and we're like, what the heck? What she are you doing on anything having to do with us? If you live in East Lansing to where you can actually run for council, which means you have to have lived in the city for a year, I believe. What is the I'm just my mind be blown of the dysfunction that we walk around in. And then when I speak on this shit, yo, I got people that kind of, I'm telling you when I tell y'all America fam, listen to me very closely. My office has been filled with people over the last two weeks telling me how I should be dealing with things, how I shouldn't be ruffling feathers. Like people come into my office every day to sit me down and say, we appreciate what you're saying. But, you know, when you get all passionate and you cuss and you do these things people just close their ears off and all i can think is if somebody pitched the inner I'm, I'm gonna do this to you now if i was the physical being that i used to be i'm gonna pinch the inside of your thigh so tight and so strong that my knuckles turn white and if you scream i'm gonna shut my ears off i'm not even gonna listen to it and i'm just gonna keep pinching until you politely tell me will you please stop pinching me on the inside of my thigh it really hurts it really hurts i would like for you to stop that that's what I'm going to start doing. If I was that physical being that I used to be, the person who would get down and bust a knuckle on you, that's where I would be at. Let's find out if you scream when you be in the press. Let's find out how aggravated and how aggressive and how passionate you become when you live in the environment. We have two businesses. We have a business that we're sitting in now and a nonprofit. All are in the southwest corner of the, of the, of the city. We can't go from our house is in the southwest corner of the city. We don't leave this side of town. So when we're talking about all of this going on, I'm the one who rides with my pistol on my lap just so I can return fire. I never know what the hell might go on. I sit at lights and wonder if I'm going to catch a bullet in the back of the head. Just out of nowhere, it comes to my mind. I think of this. I think like, damn, you wouldn't even probably hear the pop. 
you would just get hit. Everybody else would hear the pop, but that's how fast the bullet runs. And then people talk about, because they like to victim blame all the time, about these young people, et cetera, et cetera. I'm out late all the time. Sometimes we don't leave here till late as heck at night. We ain't going to leave here till midnight. And what do we do often? We stop at the store, mm-hmm. don't we? We'll stop at the store, grab maybe some snacks or some Which store is they stopping at? The same ones we're stopping at. Maybe. I've never seen Andy Shore in any oh, of the Oh, you're talking about I them? Yeah. I thought you were talking. I was talking about <laughs> I'm talking about the people like that have issues, the, the the ones in our communities. Yeah. Them? No. I've never seen them out in real life. No. You remember when you Unless were it's an event. In, so Yo, I, you should have seen. I, wonder, I need to read this. Go ahead. Yeah. I read. need to read this. That's, so I want uh, you to read Peter Spatterford's words yeah. back when they created this whole, you know, event um, to address gun violence. And these are his words. While we mourn the loss of the victims of gun violence in our city, we must do something now to prevent further bloodshed, said City Council President Peter Spadafore. Preventing gun violence, especially among our young people, must be our top priority. We can solve big problems by working together to develop actionable steps to prevent further loss of life in our city, and that begins with this dialogue. That's the problem. You think everything's going to be fixed with dialogue and meetings and things like that because that's easy. That's nothing that can be tied back to you. It's nothing that later along down the line, when you're in line for something else, that next step that you want, people can't draw back on and be like, hey, didn't you vote on this and you said this that time? So you can have these frivolous performative conversations because it won't come up in your voting history. So that's the problem that I have. You had an opportunity tonight to make it your top priority. So when you have a top priority, you do anything and everything, anything and everything. I don't care how big, how small, how insignificant you think it might be. So a resolution urging the mayor to do what's right because we know he don't do right on his own. So that was major. You couldn't even do that. And you chastised the one person that sat there and tried to be a voice for the people. And then you tried to meme mug your soft ass. This is why I How lost you my damn phone. Kathy, Kathy would probably put hands on you. Don't meme mug her like this you finna do something This is why I lost my her. phone tonight because I was I was shaking. Oh, you I lost your there. phone tonight? I thought we weren't going to talk about it. <laughs> Shut up. Well, <laughs> I we thought we weren't going to talk about we it. We found it. Did we get to get it? Oh, yeah. I was very upset. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. Yeah. I was upset. I was really upset when I left there because that was taxing. It is emotionally exhausting to go through what you go through day in and day out when you are fighting tooth and nail, blood, sweat, and tears. I had to have me a little day uh, in and day out. And I don't drink like shot. that, so I'm just out here dealing with it. And it's then we go there and we're just trying to get. Yo, you. we in every meeting we in, we trying to tell people, are y'all damn, are y'all damn crazy? What is wrong with y'all? Yesterday, we had a meeting. It was supposed to be a coming together of all the organizations in the city to decide how we're going to move together as one. We didn't start that, though. Somebody else did. Two other people started that. We just we got get in into this meeting and the damn NAACP president, Dale Copage, is there. And I lost my shit. Now and I'm telling you, I lost my shit. I, I lost my shit. And I wasn't going to. But Derek spoke up and I was like, so first of all, we walk up to this event and it's supposed to be a private event. Just all of us coming together to figure out solutions and do what we can. And I walk up and there is the media there, a camera. And I'm like, what the hell is News 6 doing red here? Red flag number one. Yeah, red flag number one. <laughs> yeah, Dulles. Clear out of Dulles. <laughs> I, I called him that too also to with, a, with some other choice words. Oh, I uh, wish. I, I think Dulles. I probably, probably, I think I might have, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to recount what I said because it, I don't want to give nobody evidence. No. But anyways, um. I walk up, Dulles is, sitting, Dulles is sitting at the front door greeting people in. I'm like, yo, what? y'all can't be serious. But you know what? I'm just, uh, without telling y'all everything that happened inside the meeting, and it was a lot, 
I will tell you that the majority of the people in the city just do not know the people that are harming them. They just do not know. And so when I sat in this meeting and confronted Dulles, as I told him I would when we got out of the situation where he was the boss, because in every other in every other in every NAACP meeting, they use parliamentary rules, Robert rules of order, and they shut you down. If you say anything they don't agree with, they'll just shut you down, mute you, kick you out. I've been kicked out of two executive committee meetings. I'm on the executive team, but because I challenged him and challenged the status quo inside the NAACP, I've been kicked out of two meetings. Uh, a sister of ours who's about to write, I mean, she's a dope person. Like this, this person is going for her doctorate right now. She was the head of education, the education committee. She called it how it is. She was trying to move us forward. She was doing a damn good job. She was interviewing a superintendent. She was doing the work. They, the work. they effectively, uh, they effectively harassed her to the point in meetings with just little, just little, uh, microaggressions. Uh, yep. To the point where she said, I can't be a part of this no more. This is so dysfunctional that I'm not going to I'm not going to damage my peace when I'm just trying to help somebody. And she left. And the same thing that I've been in. I've, I'm, I'm to the point now that I'm talking about it live on here that I'm to the point where y'all do what y'all going to do with me. Because me being even a part of that is is damaging to my reputation and my name and me. And I'm in I'm a community coordination chair. My job is to community to, to coordinate the community <laughs> into coming into existence with the NAACP. But my only goal entirely from this chair would be to flip the table because the NAACP has been running like a white supremacist movement for the last however long. I'm, I task anybody to just think, when's the last time the NAACP has been in, 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 in charge or in, in the front of any movement going on in the city whatsoever? They don't. In a meaningful way. In a meaningful way. Not I don't mean just the propaganda way where I just show up and I take pictures and I, you know, I bring fruit snacks and things like that. I remember, I remember my very first encounter with the NAACP. Two things. The first one um, was when I had my situation at the city and I went to the NAACP because that's where you go, right? I've never had an issue with race discrimination. So I'm like, where do you go? You go to the NAACP. First problem I had was I looked them up, couldn't find them. Called there, called there, called there. I mean, day in and day out. I'm calling before dinner, you know, after lunch, right before the breakfast, mid-breakfast time. This ain't nothing you leave on a... No. Can I get a call back? Never, never, never received a call back. Emailed, couldn't get nothing from them. And then our situation, our issues went public. And then I seen in the newspaper, NAACP meets with mayor to discuss issues of race in the fire department. I'm thinking... Yo, I've been calling you every day trying to get a meeting with y'all to support me. You don't come support me. You go support the oppressor. You go ask the oppressor what did what did what happened here? Can you tell us our, your side of the story? That was my first encounter with them. My second encounter was when the young lady was beat up on on uh, Dakin Street, and we started to march, protest, and everything else. Um, they bulldogged. First of all, at that point in time, I wasn't affiliated with BLM. By any means, I wasn't affiliated with them at all. But uh, one of the one of the people that was involved with BLM came and started working with us on this process. And we were doing, you know, first night we did by ourselves, me and Dan Ross, and multiple people showed up. The second day, it was Juneteenth. We went down and recruited a bunch of people, and everybody came. BLM showed up. Decent. Then we started to construct this group that was going to be called LRU, Lansing Residents United. And the reason that came about is because I understood the 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 nature of this movement needed to be an everybody problem and not just a uh, I didn't want it to just be. And this was this was before I was uh, educated on what BLM was doing and like all the work. I was really 
disgruntled at the time with BLM because I didn't feel like they had a presence that I wanted to see. And so I wanted to create something outside of that to be all encompassing uh, to direct our attack, you know, Anything. where it needed to go. Yeah. So that was the situation. And then as we were moving through that process, they started to have these other meetings like they always do, like right now. Right. We've been working hard at defund and reallocating funds back to the community. And these people are doing the same conversation, but won't call it that. So they're saying we need money for these community orgs, but we don't want to defund you. Where do you think the money going to come from, dummy? So these people are creating rooms outside of the room that needs to be created to, to try to have that separate narrative, which is basically a soft pill to land on by the city to say, well, we can we can really we can really fracture BLM and everything they're trying to do by gathering up these black folks that don't want this defund. They want to do something different, like reallocate all of that BS. Right. So anyways, NAACP did the same thing to us at times. So while we were doing all of this pressing, 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 the NAACP goes to the church over there uh, off Dakin Street and has this um, this uh, conversation with the police chief at the time. And then the new police chief that was eventually going to be in there, which was Chief Green and Yankowski was there and they had a couple other people there. And that was the first time I'd ever seen the NAACP. And now that I think about it, that meeting was ran just like the meetings they have now. It was very hush hush. You know, you don't you get two minutes to speak. If you don't like something we say, we'll interrupt you. And um, the only thing I remember from that meeting is something I've heard a lot of people talk about with the NAACP. They always show up with like veggie dishes. Do you remember them veggie dishes they had? Mm -mm. Was in I the there? Back of, maybe you didn't go. I didn't, maybe I you didn't go I to that. I don't think I went. So anyways, the NAACP has been known for showing up with no power but they always bring veggie dishes. And so people started saying that to me after the fact, like, yo, y'all, what, what was the NAACP involved with that for at all? And I was like, Shh, I don't know. And then it was like, well, was the veggie dishes there? And I was like, you know what? There actually was. Like, that's all they do. They show up to the party with veggie dishes and try to have good, uh, a good calm conversation. Let's have an amicable conversation with the oppressors. This is they. <laughs> this is what they do. But that's what the Lansing branch does. It's not everywhere. No. Because the mission statement is to be stronger and more powerful mm -hmm. to the point where no city government, mayor, yeah. governor, police no chief. a police chief they or city it. official will ever come against the power of the. Uh, if they do, we will call you out in public. We mm -hmm. will call you out in the street. We will call you out in the venue that you did it at. And we will call you out at the booths. That's the that's the that's it's the called, power the NAACP it's has. It's called the NAACP charge. Charge the and charge it's, it's of the basically NAACP. Basically, what they are charged with. And but I, this I'm this like, this group doesn't do that because it's full of people who have assimilated or people who are are gaining that are gaining prosperity from the uh, oppressors. Meaning the group that we had yesterday, mm -hmm. and this is why this conversation, anytime that it comes up in conversation, we're about dealing with the solutions of the problem, like the issue. And I, I really respected it. I can't remember who said that. I think it was, I think it was D.A. that said, let's figure out, let's right now, let's figure out the problem. If we don't figure out the problem, then how can we start working towards solutions? And I was like, perfect. What can we all agree on is the problem? And another thing this, this person said, this person, or another person might have said, I can't remember who said it. They said, it's not our job to protect us. Now, we know as black folks and brown folks that we do protect us because nobody else will, but it's not our job to do it. We have been summoned to do it because nobody else will. We keep, each other, we keep us we safe. We keep us safe, but it's not our job. There's people that are paid to keep this city safe. And so when he started naming off the people, he said, it's, our, it's the mayor's job to keep this city safe. It's the city council's job to keep this city safe. And it's the police department's job to keep this city safe. 
So if this city ain't safe, those are the three people, the three entities that we need to go talk to. And I was like, can everybody agree on that? So I was like, oh, this is the moment. Let me just get a let me get a moment here. Stop the room. Can everybody agree that what he just said is correct? Because y'all respect him, right? He spoke softly. He didn't cuss. He didn't say anything. So y'all, <laughs> do y'all respect what he just said is true? Everybody agreed. Yes, I said. So then we found the problem. We found the problem. It's not the parents. It's not us. It's not the community's issue. Yeah, we get tired of the victim. We blaming. found the problem. So now can we figure out how to deal with that? And guess what? Could I get any conversation on that? Mm. No. Because guess what? Everybody started counting their pockets. Everybody pulled out their billfold and was like, damn, let me see if I got enough money to go after the mayor and all these other things. I was forced things. to tell a whole Hold on, no, no, no. Yeah. Let me finish this conversation yeah. that, that was having, that was, people was having with themselves. Like, yeah. seriously, this is how the conversation was that people was having. Let me look in my wallet and find out, do I got enough money saved up to go after the real problem? Mm. And then people decided, no, I don't. I don't have enough money saved up to go after the real problem. But not only do I not have enough money saved up to go after the real problem, if I go after the real problem, this favor that I have by keeping the rest of the black folk quiet, I'm a lose. Bishop Maxwell, perfect example of this. The man's only job is to keep us hush hush and quiet. Meaning that when a person comes in to talk about their, their family member that's been killed, the phone's blowing up nonstop by this person. Are you sure you wanna are you sure you wanna are can we just can we just meet? Can we just have your only job in life is to silence people that are oppressed. You are the worst of oppressors. You are the person who snitched on Nat Turner. That's who you are. I don't care. All the people like you, well, you don't know what type of work they do. I don't care. I don't care what type of work they do out here in the world. If their job is to uphold white supremacy and tell on Nat Turner, get him killed, then I don't got no, I don't got no kickings for you. So there's no unity going to be made there. There's none of that conversation. So in this meeting, when I brought that to the attention and said, we all agree that we understand what the problem of safety in the city is. The safety issue right now, as it sits today, is council, the mayor, and the police. They're the only three people that can keep the city safe. And I always think about this when I, when I talk about this and I say, we protect us. And I think about, I've got a bulletproof vest, two of them. I've got ARs. I've got all types of sidearms. I could go walk the streets. I could get other people to walk the streets. But if we see people committing crime, what can we do? Nothing. We can just be That's bodies the, out there. It's the law and order aspect. Well, you it. have to have law in place. Law is in place. So therefore, anybody, I don't care how much you would want to defund the police or not. Somebody kick your door in, steal all your stuff. You can't just call the insurance company and get all your stuff back. You can't. You have to call and make a police report. They have to come do a report. They're going to do an investigation. If any of your stuff pops up stolen somewhere or whatever the case, they have to report that they found the stuff. So we just certain things, the way the system is set up that we just can't do on our own. So no matter how much we know about the stuff going on out here, we can't do anything about it. That's just reality of it. There's three groups of people that can, the mayor, the police chief, and council. They can actually do something about it and don't. So if we agree that we understand the problem, raise your hand. Give me a thumbs up. So then now we know where to go. We know where to go deal with. And I, my cousin said, <laughs> A.B. said the most brilliant thing. I was sitting in the office today or yesterday after this whole meeting. And he was like, anybody who can agree that this administration is harmful and needs to go, you need to check their moral compass. And that should tell you something about them. And what it is is like when you got multiple people sitting in a room that are all benefiting from the same corrupt ass system, 
But there's one person in the room that's like, yo, I'm not benefiting at all from this. We need to stop this. Not just because I'm not benefiting from it, but it's all terrible. And everybody else in the room is like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Can we talk about something different? Like that should tell you right there. There should be no more conversation. Anybody who is willing to vote for Andy Shore, anybody who is not willing to flip the table on this council, you should be you should be questioning what they're involved with. Who are you involved? What do you have at stake that you can't see that over the last four years, our city has went to complete hell in every aspect of it? The only way you can see that differently is if you are benefiting from it. And if you think about the people and all the people who have said, are we rocking with Shore? Think about their involvement. Joel Ferguson. Motives are important. Teresa Bingman. Her only motive is she gets seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year to protect the dude. So she don't want him gone because she knows as soon as he leaves, whoever comes in next, get rid of her ass immediately. All the people in City Hall, all those people are there because he's there. If he's gone, they know they've been dysfunctional and not working correctly for all. The, they're wiped out. They know <clears throat> they know their whole career lies on Andy Shore staying in there. Period. Because as soon as he's gone, anybody that comes into that corrupt ass environment has got to release everybody. You can't keep no part of it. Not to say everybody in HR, because there's a lot of people who don't have nothing to do with any of that. They're just sure. in there doing their job. You know, the people who do like your benefits and people who do that yeah. type of stuff, who do like the hiring, like we they know take who it out. Yeah, are. we know who the problems we know who are. The problems are. We know who's been compromised. So explain to me why today they went into closed session to speak about um, this was this is really this was something probably most people didn't see. They went into closed session today to speak about lawsuits that are going on. Right. And strategize, they called it. Strategize about lawsuits. Who's the two people that stepped up to go in? I thought they all did. The two people that was in the crowd with us. Oh, um, oh, I don't know. I didn't see. The two people sitting right in front of us. Egghead oh, and the other yes. one. The one that was either said Nicholas walks around Tate like a 12-year-old kid. Nicholas Tate and Elizabeth O'Leary. Both in HR. to go into the closed session to discuss the lawsuits. Not just discuss, like, strategize. Yeah. That's what they said to and strategize. You know, and obviously Jim Smirka's in there. So you got uh, your HR department who who we have come to and told about all of our complaints and issues that we're dealing with, strategizing on how to beat us. Mm. It's the same thing about going to the police to complain mm. on the police. I'm mm. <laughs> these are the systems that we're talking about. If anybody can sit and put an Andy Shore sign in the yard when they know this is going on. Now, a lot of conversations I have with a lot of people know I, I haven't had one conversation. Seriously, aside from Loretta Stanaway, I've not seen one person that publicly stated in person. Like I've seen their lips move to say this or heard their voice move to say this. I've not seen or heard one person that is in favor of Andy Shore. Not one. Not even in a sidebar conversation. You would think by the optics and how he moves that everybody is for Andy Shore and he's got this direct line into the the city uh to mayors again i just don't believe that to be true i don't know anybody i mean you got all of these so it's funny how many candidates are there against him five that sounds about right five candidates all of them's topic of conversation is andy and how terrible he's done at this job <laughs> now they sidebar on each other a little bit but the point is that none of them think he's done a good job no the only person that I've said I've seen to say he's done a good job is Loretta Stanaway and the trolls on Facebook who come from fake pages and yeah. everything or they just don't know anything. Like, I've seen one guy. Yeah, I've seen one guy come on and say, I haven't seen the mayor has done anything wrong. I haven't seen anything come out of it. What, what has he done? And it was like, what? Like, where have you been at? 
people in the comments were like but so two people that that just 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 really gave me a headache when they endorsed this dude willard walker who i've always looked up to looked up to wrote this letter about andy shore about how great of a human being he was how his heart is all in the right place how he's done such a great job for the community when you have a high esteem for somebody and you believe like that's a great person, like they've done a lot of great things for this community, they're a dope person, and you listen to them speak about something that you see and you see is so dysfunctional and so out of touch and so hateful in that light, it makes me think differently about that person. Two ways. Are you re- do you really believe that? First of all, if you do, that's sick. That means you ain't really all the way there, right? But secondly, if you did that because you have something at stake. That's even worse. That's even worse to me. I could see if you just ain't all the way there, right, and didn't know like everything that was going on, but you do. And so when you write something like that about somebody who we're all looking at as somebody who is literally oppressing us right now, that is so damaging to watch, yo. Like that is like one of the most hurtful things because it's somebody who I always looked up to as a very brilliant, you know, uh, just a dope person. Like, oh, everybody looked at Willard Walker like a dope person. I mean, he's always been involved with the black communities, coached football with the Capital Express for 30-some years. He's like, I mean, just an amazing person. He's got a lot of mentees under him that are doing great things in the community. And for you to be able to use your visuals and your brain to construct a letter like that about that man, that tells me a lot about you. That tells me a lot of stuff about you that really hurt my heart. That was one. And then Gregory Eaton. I read Gregory Eaton's endorsement letter. And again, I think this is Gregory Eaton of Gregory's where everybody goes to get their soul food. If you do a black event, you take it there. And all of what's going on in the city of Lansing, you even got white people upset about what he's doing to black people. That don't happen all that often. This is a momentous time. White people are pissed at Andy Shore. More white people are pissed at Andy Shore than black folks, actually. When white people get pissed at another white dude for doing black people wrong and a black man like Gregory Eaton, who's supposed to be the black man in Lansing, stands up and and, conden- can, and talks about this man in a light that he's one of the shiningest, shiningest uh, mayors. We've ever, just a great mayor. You've done all these great. Yo, what in the F is going on in this city? Like, seriously, it just blows my mind that people see that and everything going on and can construct a letter that says something like that. You know, it's mm, the fracturing of. There was actually a good piece in that will which not be named, but it was like an opinion type piece or whatever. But it talked about, you know, the damage that he's kind of done in fracturing, you know, communities and especially communities of color because it, it hits different when you already feel like you're out on an island, you know, when you're fighting a system that seems insurmountable, but at the very least, when it comes out tangibly as in people file lawsuits. I, I don't know how else to explain that at the very least, this is what I told someone today. And we even differ sometimes on that. Fine. You're not going to denounce him the way that I do. You're not going to go to city council and do this to him like I do. Okay. But at the very least, don't let him sit with you at the lunch table. Yeah. <laughs> what they say? Like, you, how can't hard, you can't sit here. You no. remember mean girls? That's like, <laughs> you can't sit here. I'm sorry, but at the very least, don't do that because that sometimes is is so much more meaningful. Fine, you're not you don't want to step out. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have that conversation publicly. That's okay. 
but you'll publicly endorse or visually align. That's a big one. Aligning yourself with someone in any way, shape or form, that is an endorsement, period. Because at this moment right now, and people can say what they wanna say about it, I don't care, because I've said this publicly to a lot of people. You can say I don't work well with others or whatever the case may be, there are some non-negotiables, flat out. If you have caused harm to people that I care about, which is all of my community, you're a non-negotiable. And I don't, there's no amount of collaborative efforts and we need to work together that's going to surpass the fact that you are actively harming people that I care about. I don't need to work with you because all you're going to do is be a detriment to anything I'm trying to do. So how is that collaborative? Does anybody ever stop to think that when they keep talking about how we need to all make peace and work with each other? Well, the trust, Does, remember, remember, there's two things. Unity and trust usually come from people who do harm. When somebody who does harm, when somebody comes to you talking about, can you just trust me? We all know from where I come from, that's the first sign I shouldn't trust you because that's a part of your conversation. If you just moving normal, people always, how can I explain this? It's like in poker, right? When you ask somebody, do you got a strong hand? You can get tells out of people on the way that they move and how they do certain things when you're playing cards, right? It's the same thing with this. If they're showing their hand by telling you what you need to do, you need to trust me. Why can't we just trust each other? What was the conversation yesterday? We don't have to trust each other to agree on an agenda and move forward on it. Mm -hmm. I don't trust you. I don't trust you because of the, the, the your past and the things that you've done up to this point and the people that you surround yourself with. I don't trust you. But if you can say that you're going to work towards this agenda in this way, then I can I can go with that. But it's like people who do that type of shit always want you to trust them. That's what the first thing they say. A snake oil salesman is like, just trust me. I promise you, this is a good, this is good. You need to see this, this, this oil right here. When you do that, I don't want to, once you talk to me about trusting you, I immediately don't trust you. Like I'm dead serious. And people who do harm, obviously want to talk about unity because they want you to forget what they've done to them and bring them in and let you work. I want to work with you, but I need you to forget what I've done to you up to this point. Cause I'm not willing to take accountability for that and just work with me. And then they'll try to bully you into that. That's a lot about what we've been dealing with. People try to bully you into working with them. Like you've been nothing but untrustworthy. You've been nothing but uh, segregated and siloed. And you don't want no, you're not trying to work with nobody. But then you want, now you want to work with everybody. Now you want things to, because you want to, you want no, you don't want no accountability for the things that you've done. I want you to start from square one and move forward. You know, it's like abusive. I was about to say Darvo. It's like an abusive relationship. I'm going to beat your ass because I'm angry right now. But then 30 minutes later, I'm not angry no more. I want to go make love. I want to go. I want to chill. I want to cuddle. We can't talk I want to watch it. a movie. We're not going to talk about what happened. Let's just get over it. That's mm -mm. what they doing to us, yo. And if you don't do these things and you don't want to be with me or you don't want to be with that way, then you're the problem. Yeah. You're the one. Now you're the problem. Back. So that's how you get bullied into this shit. Because now you start to think too, second guess, like, well, I really do want this issue so focused. So I, this is what I've been saying. I'll be like, well, just drop all this stuff and let's work. Let's just work. So I've got I've been a victim of Darvo now with the mayor and with everybody else that I'm so frustrated with trying to get people to understand the issues. I'm just like, whatever, forget it. If we can all decide to just move forward from here, let's just move forward from here. I'm good. Let's just move and do the fixing so the kids can stop dying and things can stop happening in these streets. And I tell me honestly what you think, Dar what you think uh, that defund police is, because I had a conversation with a brother that I figured would have known this. But when I started expressing him what defund police meant to me. I never heard it said like that. Well, if you said it like that, maybe people would understand. What? 
I just feel like that's the ignorance. That's the most ignorant shit in the world. Like, I feel like blissfully ignorant. Like, you don't even want to take the time to understand what defund is. You are a person, this person I was talking to, you are a person who would benefit from defunding. Your program would benefit. Because that, guess what? When we take that little sliver of money that we take from the, the police department, that money will go to your program. That money will go to you to be able to do the work that you're doing. It's so impactful. I asked a man today, I said, how many people have you put through your program? Close to a 1,000. I said, how many of them people that have been through your program have killed somebody? I can't think of one. Success. That's success right there. You're doing the work already. You're That's success. Now, if everybody out here that has a program like yours was able to have a thousand kids not kill somebody or shoot somebody, that's success. You know how much $25 million could go towards doing that? How much, how much, no, I've had 1,500 kids come through my program and not one of them have committed a crime or murder. That's success. That's it. 1,500 kids is a whole graduating class. That's a whole year of kids that graduated that didn't commit a murder. That's big, yo. It is big. That's big. It is amazing. And when we defund police, guess what they don't have to do? Because now you got your money already to do that. But now there's 15 other organizations doing the same thing. That's 1,500 organizations. Let's say let's say there's 100 organizations. Or no, let's say 10 organizations to make it simple math, right? So now you got 15,000 kids that aren't doing crime out here, that aren't doing any of, or any of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. How how big of a how big of an impact would that have? Way bigger impact than putting five more police on the force. There was someone that spoke tonight that touched on that a bit about criminal, um, like criminals and in crime. And what they said was they they were talking about you know kind of the punitive nature and like how we're so stuck on that. And they're and, um, they're like we people don't commit crime for the most part. We're never talking. I and and I always say this when I used to train like. I don't want to hear about the whatabouts or that one outlier or whatever. I'm not talking about exceptions to the rules. We never are. There's always going to be exceptions to the rules. So let's just negate that for the sake of conversation. But when you're talking in the grand scheme of things, um, and they were saying that most criminals and most people aren't committing crimes just because they're just a bad person. And that is data supported. That is evidence supported. That crime most often is committed out of a lack of Resources. A lack of resources, a lack of mental health care. At some point along the line, you can draw it back to resources. Yes, it is a lack of something, right? So if we address those things, ideally, that is the goal. You address those things, but everybody is inundated day in and day out with propaganda telling us that if you do this, defund the police, defund the police, there's going to be this, there's going to be more crime, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what's funny to me is that we don't talk about the elephant in the room of the defunding of all of the things that are intended to keep crime down, which is social umbrella programs. We don't talk about how the defunding of that results in crime. All we talk about is that if we defund the police, we're going to get more crime. And I'm like, uh, that's not how this works. We have literally we're seeing the fruits of our labor of taking the money away from the things that are intended to be the safety nets for all of that. So now that we're seeing the results of this, all you can tell me is that, no, we need to throw more money at the police and throw more police at it. That's going to be the solution. I think, I think this is my true evaluation of what we could do right now to affect change. There's young people out here that don't want to be committing crime. They don't know, especially when it comes to assaults. They do not want to be in an insult in, in an ins, 
assaultive environment, but they have to kill to survive. That's a part of this process that I don't think that is a byproduct of all of this defunding of the community that we talked about, that the environment is so dangerous. You have to kill to survive. What do I do? Uh, I think about it all the time as somebody who's a two way advocate and I have a gun on my hip and I had, I had a kid tell me one day when I was pressing them to get licensed, if they're going to be carrying one of the kids was in my, in, in the room and he was like, I see people die all the time with guns on their hips. A gun is not going to save you. And it, 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 it made an impact on me. I was like, wow, I can't even, I can't even argue with that because I've thought about that. And I practice all the time to be able to get my firearm out quick. I can get it out pretty much under, like, right at a second. I've, I've been able to pull my shirt up and get my firearm out and with a shot down in a second, which is extremely fast. But if I'm reacting, that's not fast enough. Meaning that if somebody walks up to me with their gun out, finger on the trigger, ready to pull it, that reactionary is not going to be enough. And so that really drove home to me the environment that they live in where it's constant hunt you kill or be killed you don't have no other option if somebody say they finna do something to you in the world that two way that i live in we always expect and say when they draw on us and create a uh, a threat that i believe is gonna be a threat to my life i react and i that's when i can do something but if somebody already then said they gonna do it you know they have the capability of doing it the probability that when they see you they might do it you're reactionary already before that situation arises. This is, the, this is the context of all of this that nobody knows. If somebody is actively walking around and telling me they're going to shoot me when they see me, when I see them, I'm not going to wait for them to get an up on me before I react. I already know this person's intentions, but the law don't see it that way. They don't see it that all of this context and all of this conversation happened prior. So I feel for both sides of any of those situations because I get where they at. I'm 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 understanding where all of these people are at in this situation. And, and, and it's it's just like I, I wonder why nobody else takes the time to understand this concept. The environment that we all have created, we created it by voting this defunct administrations in over and over and over again that don't care about the community and aren't really in love with it to try to fix it. We're at fault for that. And those people that are fault for only seeing Lansing as a stepping stone to their next thing. Everybody that we've had in office here has went and ran for something else and tried to move on past here because we've never just elected a normal ass person. Everybody we elected had, had dreams of doing something bigger. That's partly our issue. So this environment that we created is so dangerous for these young people that. So another another conversation that I had yesterday, the man told me this man told me, he said. He had a meeting with some young people that were telling them they were scared to leave a crib. Like, it's that dangerous out here. So he wanted to create an environment that they could leave and go to that would be safe. And I said, well, you know, I think maybe we should attack the actual issue. Maybe we should find a place for the shooters to go so that they can feel safe. And he 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 deciphered the two apart. Like, there's this group of kids that don't want anything to do with anything and don't have and will never shoot somebody or deal with that. And I had to tell him. Bro, every kid that I know this involved was that kid at one time. But eventually they had to leave the house. Eventually they liked the wrong Facebook post and then got drawn into this shit and then eventually had to start carrying a firearm to protect themselves. And now they're a shooter. 
so there is no there is no like different types of people that are involved. It's like they're all the kids. None of them want to be doing this. But they're living in an environment that doesn't protect them. Nobody's protecting them. The police aren't stopping it. The grownups in the environment are some of them are even egging the shit on. There's no inv- the, the these kids are in such a bad place. Every single side, the ones doing it, the ones getting it done to them and vice versa and all the way around. And all I'm trying to say is let's take some of that into context. Let's just think about the environment they living in. And reason I say this, that kill that kill to survive. That sounds like such a crazy prospect to people who don't understand the environment that we living in. But I get it. I absolutely get it. And so over the weekend, today's Monday, over the weekend, a guy was killed. A rapper was killed in, in Chicago. He had just left the jail, the Cook County jail. He was walking out of the Cook County jail with, I believe, what must have been his grandmother and some and somebody else. And they shot him 64 times. In front of the jail. When you pay attention to what's going on with these kids, they're getting shot at the liquor store, the grocery store, broad daylight in the middle of the in front of their crib. Driving down the street. Their families' houses are getting shot up. That's the environment they're living in. And now there's an assault on catching them with guns that they're using to protect themselves. These kids ain't out here actively hunting people down. Think about a situation when two people that see each other that know they got an issue and know the guns could become play. They both nervous. They both scared. So one has to react. I'm not going to let you get the up on me. This is the type of environment these kids are living in. And, yo, nobody wants to take that into context. This is the environment. So reason I brought up the story in Chicago, it doesn't matter where you at. They gonna, if, they, if people want you, they're going to get you. This is the environment they live in. But when they, when they got that young man, he, I think he was 28 years old, when, they, when they, they spoke about a tattoo that he had on his neck, and it was a target, like a, 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 a firing range target. Mm-hmm. And under the target, it said, kill to survive. And I was like, I get it, yo. I, I totally get it. Most people won't. City council ain't going to understand that. Uh, the mayor's not going to understand that. Because he's not in that situation. But if somebody was actively talking about they was going to hurt him, first of all, he would have multiple people to protect. Mm -hmm. Multiple police organizations, FBI, everybody there to protect. But when somebody says they're going to hurt one of these young people, who can they go to? They shooting up their parents' houses. They shooting up grandma's house. They shooting them on the way to the store, on the way to school. When school goes back into session, I am very concerned that some of this stuff is going to happen in, outside, or on the way to or from school because they just haven't all had to congregate in one place yet. So the only time these shit, this shit happens is when they meet up with each other somewhere. But when this stuff is going on out here and it's been left unchecked, the environments are going to change where this stuff is happening at. Now it's happening at liquor stores or at the park. Where, But when they start going back into these control settings, the environment of these things is going to change. So when I told the mayor on that council that you should be as concerned as we are because your kids go to the same school as these kids, I said that before two students that ever got killed. But I wasn't wrong. You should be as concerned as we are because you are not as displaced from this situation as you believe to be. So act like When the that. environment changes and it's no longer at the park your son don't go to or at the liquor store you don't let him go to, but it happens at the school that you he goes to or they go to. So let's attack the issue. 
Let's attack the issue. Let's try to figure out the issue first. Why, yeah. Why do we keep waiting for it to hit somewhere that like hits different for and my this point? Person? Let me clear my <laughs> point. My point is that the environment will change. The environment will change where this stuff is happening at. Right now, it's happening everywhere else. Mm -hmm. But when, when they all get packed into a school, this is why I'm such a that's why this is why with this little ass city, I'm against having one black club in the city. So when people talk about having one black club, now I grew up through the one black club days. I remember when it was only Fahrenheit that you could go to. And every weekend at Fahrenheit, somebody got shot. You know why? Because all the beef around the city wants to go to the club that plays the best music. And it's going to have all the people they want to see. But the problem is everybody in the city goes to that one spot. And that's when you bring all the beefs together in one place. So when we talk about the schools and it's kids that's doing this and having this issue, when they congregate in one place, the environment of the violence is going to change depending on where they're all congregating at. That's a concern of mine. Why is it not a concern of y'all? My kids don't go to school here or school at all. No, exactly. But only I, the kids that I love go to them school, but not my own children. Yeah. So, but, you but, know you, but yours do, though. but yeah. yours do. So why is that not like I'm, t I'm speaking to try to help save all the kids at the school that includes yours. It's not. It's not a new concept. Let's be clear. This is not an. In, this is not a new concept because I grew up in school and people came to school to fight. They would come and show up to the school. But to now they're not fighting. That's my point. So all we're talking about is something. Else. Why are we acting like we don't know that this goes on? How often did you hear about a secure school? Oh, somebody Everett. let some kids in. But you remember when Everett had the whole t tear down that the police yep. couldn't even break up? Yep. Imagine that, but with guns. So that's why, why are we acting like this is a, just an isolated situation and that more police being, you know, throwing at it, that's going to be the answer when we know definitively without a doubt that's not the answer. Is because, again, if we, the police are the only people that are not forced to, like, substantiate things that they just say. Yeah. They don't have to substantiate their budget. They don't have to substantiate their work. This is, I guess, the mayor's office, Because too. we don't make them. It's it's crazy. It's, it's just like the mayor to saying today on council that I've been speaking to multiple other organizations that are doing violence Ooh. prevention. Who? Which which person you know that's doing violence intervention? And are they tell what are, are they telling you? What was the point of saying that? Except I what organization say, is doing yeah. that? That's my question. What exactly. organization is rooted in and doing violence intervention? Meaning they're going out into those environments. Who? Where? You name one. Now you have the opportunity because you're off council because remember on council they can't respond to us. Mm -hmm. Put a press release out. I want to know these people. Not not because I want to chastise. I want to get involved. Tell me what other organizations in the city are doing violence intervention. Tell me one. It's not real. It's not I, real, it's but not you real. can just say that type of stuff on council and people just like, oh, he knows other people doing this work. Something if y'all don't notice that Propagandy does is he's a name dropper. You ever notice that person that's always dropping some relationship they have or some conversation they had or, you know, pictures with people and all of that? Like, this is it, but just on a grander scale. That is literally what he does. He talks about who he's talked to, but he don't ever tell us the content of the conversation. He doesn't tell us whether or not that person did or didn't agree with him or whatever the case may be. And he only tells you about the things that he feels will make him look good. So I've noticed that where he kind of just kind of name drops, but he also just drops certain things. We're thinking about doing this and we've had conversations about doing this and we've been talking about doing this and there's a lot of work being done. Does that sound familiar to you? Those are all his buzzwords. He don't never talk about anything tangible. He doesn't ever talk about, I sat down with somebody and then tomorrow we're going to be doing this. 
And next week we're going to be doing that. And this specific organization that's real and has a name is doing this in collaboration with this on this. You never hear that because it's not real. Yo, Andy Shore is trying his hardest not to go to the people that are actually doing this work. It's it's the craziest thing to me. Like just know that. Like when I call it out and say you need to do something and you need to bring money down, like I can't explain. It's it's the craziest thing. Like I don't understand it, but like almost let me find somebody that I believe that I could train to do this work instead of working with the people who are already doing it. Like I I don't want to do anything with them people. So I know that you know some people from the hood. Is it any way possible that you might want to take on this violence intervention thing? Like, can you get trained on it? Or, like, can you, like, mosey your way into knowing some of these people that are doing this and, like, work on this? Like, I don't understand that. Like, just, I don't, if I'm looking for a vacuum, I'm not going to go to a designer and ask him to make me a vacuum. I'm just going to go to Walmart and buy a Kirby or whatever, you know, whatever's there. Like, this is the, this is the process that he goes through is, like, we have a problem. We know we have people who have solutions to this problem that are actually doing the work right now, but I don't like those people. So I'm going to go try to create somebody that can do it. Let me go create an issue or a, a group of people that can do this. Again, the violence task force put together. Have we heard anything from them? Have they even met? Why would we not know that information? Because Why would I, we not know? That should be public knowledge that the violence task force is meeting open, open meetings act. And you guys can all come and see what's going what on. I just said. It's always just performative. There's never any substance behind it. It's a name drop. Literally, it's just a name drop. That's it. That's all he's doing. I did something. I created something. That something's not going to do anything. Right. No action is going to come out of it. You're not going to see any impact. I'm just going to talk about it. Take a picture. Have a good sound bite. I think people are here. I think people are here. I do too. I, I don't think we have to chastise all y'all. I know y'all are here, yeah, but I think other know. people are here too. Like I've never, I, like again, I've been in a lot of meetings with a lot of people, a lot of powerful people, and I've not heard one person be other than Willard Walker and um, and uh, Gregory Eaton. I've not heard of any uh, anybody else who's celebrating the work of this man. Not one person. Even his own camp ain't celebrating the work of this man. How can they? I mean, people can always lie. Yeah, I mean, people can always lie, but I haven't even seen them do that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's like kind of crazy that not even the people who stand to only survive their current situation, if he makes it in, aren't even speaking about how good he's doing or mm. how great he's doing. So I'm I sure know. that there's a lot of infighting. I'm positive there's probably a lot of infighting in City Hall, but, you know, they're Maybe. sworn to secrecy. They can't come out and say how they feel yeah, about this ignoramus. I mean, everybody's had a terrible boss that just is an idiot. You know they got yeah. the same boss. Like they do, we deal with this on a a projected scale. Like we see the the stuff he's doing, like that he puts out. That's a good we point to make. Wait a minute. We know that Facebook is all about putting out your highlight reel. <laughs> so the things that he puts out on his highlight reel are idiotic. Could you imagine the things that happen behind closed doors? <laughs> and the people who get these jobs, they apply for them. They don't get elected, so they're good at what they do, or they have a brilliant mind. Nick Tate, he was a jag lawyer. Nick Tate probably could be the mayor of the city he's of Lansing. Oh, yeah. He's got the credentials. He's got the resume. And I, I'll, I'll say this, too, because I don't know Nick Tate well enough to know if he's a part of this issue because he wants to be or because he's emboldened to it. But ultimately, it doesn't matter to me. But maybe if he was to have the power and be the person in play, maybe he would make some change and do something right. But Nick Tate's probably a brilliant man. Again, he was a JAG attorney for the Navy. And he was a DA in California, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a like district that. attorney. I looked it up and I was like, hold on here. Yeah, this what? man has a resume that's deep, long. Not Good. that I just left college, 
came to Lansing and took a job and, and, and apply, excuse me, not applying, put my name in the hat for a county commissioner and won. And that's my only job history as being an elected official. So what I'm saying is there's a pro- there's a lot of brilliant people surrounding this idiot that ca- are probably sitting back like, yo, I can't believe, but I'm just going to do my job. But I can't believe how dumb this Literally. dude is. You've everybody. I'm telling you, everybody. This is a very relatable topic. Everybody listening to this has had a boss that doesn't know nearly as much as they need to, or as much as you do. But they get paid more than you. They, they, they. They're the ones that make all the rules. You spend half your time arguing with them about how that is ineffective and that's not going to work, and you have this to prove it. But you always have to go through the experience first because they don't listen to you. Yeah. Uh, so there's the, there's a one of the eight forty eight law uh, rules. What is it? Forty eight laws of power. Los Angeles DA. He worked. He was the deputy district attorney in Los Angeles. He was a staff attorney in the United States Army, and he was the assistant DA in El Paso. There, I'm gonna, I'm trying to look up for the uh, what one of the 48 laws of power. What are the 48 laws of power in order? So let me look up. Never outshine the master. Number one, and that one means that you don't question. It it tells you basically how not to sit at a table and be the center of attention in a situation against your master who's a dummy. And so it plays out that this dude, this dude does this and ends up getting killed because he outdid his master. Like he was smarter than his master and he presented it outward. And that master who was a dumbass ended up taking his head off. And so it tells you how to do that without being the person that does that. Right. By getting your work and making it seem like it's his idea because you're dealing with somebody who has who has basically a weak ego. Pride is really strong. Ego is really weak. That type of thing, which yeah. is all perfectly explains Andy Shore. But you Bad guys can look up look up the 48 laws of power and it talks about how to deal with somebody like that. But every one of us have dealt with that situation where you, you know it's stupid, you know it's wrong, but you know that person has the power to chop your head off so you can't say it. You can't go around and circumvent them. You gotta be strategic. You gotta be very strategic. So I imagine that everybody in the room, Smirka, Smirka's brilliant. He was, I mean, he's an attorney. He's, I mean, he's, I just, I, I give people their dues. You know, I know they, they all do stupid things, but even how brilliant Smirka is that he's able to do all of this dysfunctional shit and get away with it. That's how smart you got to be. A Donald Trump who's been able to lie and connive and snake oil salesman his way to billions of dollars has to be smart. It's not just privilege to get you there. It's you got to be you got to be smart in some aspect, even if it's just street smarts. You got to be smart in some aspect to get to that point and be able to get away with it. Do you get what I'm saying? You getting away with shit that's so polarizing. Like everybody sees that you're doing this and you're still getting away with it. You have to have some smarts to be able to do that. Yeah, some of it. Yeah, there's there's something there. But Obviously. anyways, I wouldn't say that about Andy. Andy's got smart people around him. But I'm telling you, the people the people around him probably all have master's degrees and whatever it is that they do. They're smart people, and they're probably sitting around him thinking, "God, you got to be a dumbass piece. You are stupid. Is you have no idea what you're doing. I don't know what." Um. Perfect example of how stupid this, I shouldn't say stupid. Perfect example of how dumb they move downtown. They have eight discrimination lawsuits against them coming out of their departments and this, the mayor's office. They deny it, deny it, deny it, deny it. They're fighting it tooth and nail in court. But they have created diversity and inclusion that came up with a report that acknowledged that they have all of these same problems that we filed lawsuits about. 
They created an alliance. They came out and stated that they have these issues. The MIDAC report came out and said that they have these issues and some of them were created by the mayor in his office. Damning him. Damning him in federal court. Damning him in circuit court. Then they're creating all of these things to fix a problem that's not even there. How dumb can you be? They hired a they hired multiple groups to come in and investigate their departments to find racism that they say is not there. And then they've written reports on it, which they're going to actually be reporting on. MPHI did a investigatory report. They're actually going to be reporting on on the 26th at the council meeting, which is the next council meeting. And they're going to say their findings. You think their findings are going to be any different? But you're 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 so dumb that in order to hide your racism, you hire people to find racism and then report on it. And you have active litigation going on. And the only thing that they did that they thought they was going to get away with this is because they didn't investigate the environments that the racism came out of. They didn't investigate the fire department or the mayor's office. So they figure, well, because they didn't call it out directly, you have city council members, sitting city council members that are sitting right now that are running for mayor that are talking about all of this. And they're saying that it's prevalent. They're saying that they know what's going on. They believe it. They've seen it. They know. They're sitting council members. They're not just running for election. They're actually sitting on council. Mm -hmm. And they're saying this out in public. Mm -hmm. You think that those sound bites and those transcripts won't be pulled into court, but they're still fighting tooth and nail that Mike Lynn, Triple J, uh, Telefero, Dave Odom, Bruce Odom, all of these people are lying. Colin Boyce. No merit. No merit behind any of that. A whole lot of very prominent people that know the ins and outs of what's going on down there say otherwise. And they're given a whole <sighs> lot of merit. So, 12 more minutes, we're going to call it a day. There's that. Just saying. Did you have anything else? Mm -mm. I'm I'm spent. I'm yeah. I'm tired. I, two days I've spent. I feel like, and I swear, I promise, I don't. I do more than just like yell at people, <laughs> but for two days, that's just what I feel like because I'm just so tired of not being listened to. But then also people that are claiming to be woke. And, and and have a seat at the table because it's deserving. And I realize that there are some people that aren't deserving to even have this conversation. You are actively working against the things that we're trying to do. And I am so sick and tired of, of having to validate and acknowledge why they shouldn't even be here. Why do we live in this weird society of like, it's like anti-inclusivity. We've took that too far because I get like the inclusivity part, part of it. Harmful people are not included. No. Sorry, if you are a harm doer, if you are a harm perpetuator, if you invoke trauma upon people, you don't get to be in rooms anymore. You don't get to be invited anymore. And I don't understand how these people still continue to be aligned with people that supposedly. Well, don't say you don't understand. I do understand. And I spoke on it. I, I so say that as, a, as like an anecdotally. Yeah, they are the same people. Yeah, They're doing the same harm. They are. So people don't like to hear that, though. No. They really don't. No, people don't like you calling out their their blessing. They don't. That's somebody's blessing. It's another person's curse. I know. And I feel I always feel the unease when I when I use the term upholding white supremacy, because we're not supposed to say that to each other. 
as minorities, but we do. Shit. We hold, we uphold white supremacy. We can't. We are capable of doing that. And yes, there are a lot of reasons on why we do it, and there's a lot of context, and I give a lot of patience and a lot of grace, but you only get so much. And when we're supposed to be in a room working on solutions, but you literally will walk out this door and immediately all of your actions and your words and your relationships and every decision that you make in the rooms that matter are going against all the work we're doing in here. Yeah. Then no. Or you I'm walking sorry. in the rooms just to hear what's going on. Unity is to report back. Unity yeah. is not an option for me. That's not unity. Unity typically there's always an imbalance of power in almost any situation, right? There's, there's typically when we're talking, especially politics and when there's an imbalance of power, <laughs> unity only benefits the part, the, the harm doer. That's why they're the only ones to be talking about unity. I'm like, no people to harm. always want you to trust them in unity. <laughs> I inherently don't trust nobody. Yeah. So you missed me with that. And then people act like this is a thing. Like they always come in the rooms and they're like, you need to say, you know, this is a conversation that gets had with us often. And I'm like, I always come away from it like they probably didn't expect that because I'm just like, hmm. No, they want people to like us. Yeah. And it's like, I don't need <sighs> you to like me. I need you to do what's right. Don't he, don't like me while you're doing what's right. I thought we had a really good conversation surrounding the thought process of like, because as human beings, we do inherently have some level of wanting people to like you. Let's use the word like, which is a weird one, because. I think what it is is because I say this often. I don't care who likes me, who don't. And I truly do. I, I feel that because I don't. And I don't mean that in a way that I'm just um, an uncaring person that, you know, screw them. If I'm being a, a, a jerk and they don't like me, I'm not going to change my behavior because I don't care if they like me. That's how people take that. That's not what I mean. What I mean is there is no level of me needing or wanting you to like me that is ever going to dictate anything that I do or say or behave or decisions I make. Your liking me has no bearing on what we do. That's the problem is people want people to like them because liking them gets them favor. Yeah. Liking them gets them in rooms. It gets them relationships. It gets them money because they like them. I don't, mm -mm. I don't need all that. No. Keep it. I'm good. Keep I'm it. good on you liking me. I just want you to do right. We can agree to disagree and not like each other, but as long as you are, are being oppressive, then I ain't gonna like you. We ain't gonna move right. Or with Mike, <laughs> if you do it that way, people uh, ain't gonna people listen. People gonna listen. People are turning their ears off. I'm I like, just think like I reached thirty thousand people with my voice last month. <coughs> <laughs> I don't really necessarily need y'all in that room to like me or or listen to me. To be honest with you, I will just continue yeah. telling you the truth. And if you are a part of the problem, you'll get called out for it. Then y'all can have a reason not to like me. I make the case. I even make the case to you. I'm like the people that have an issue, you know, with kind of how we move. I, I always say this. It's like we're not some tyrannical people that are just out here like you, 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 F you, F you, like, pew, pew, pew. like that is not how we operate. So I there's <laughs> it's very it's a it's a weird concept that anybody that is like moving OK and they're not harming people or hurting people are out here like, Mike just doesn't say things in the right way. Mm -hmm. Mike's not saying things in a proper way. I'm like, mm, the people you've heard him go ham on, he tried saying that in the proper way to them for a really long time. I seen it. Yeah, I don't have a zero to 100. I have a zero to 10 to 20 to 30 to And why 40. are you applying that to all things? Yeah. Why? Like, come on. Like, 
Let's Wednesday we have we have second ward candidate Oprah Revish gonna be on the show Wednesday at eight o'clock. So make sure y'all pay attention to that. I think that's gonna be a good one. That is a serious race going on in the second ward. One we haven't heard back from is Nicholas Zida. What's his name? Nicholas Zandy, I think. Zandy. I mean, no. I haven't heard anything from him. Maybe we have to nothing touch back base. Zandy, I don't know. Nothing from Taft. I wasn't gonna talk yeah. about oh, who okay. we wasn't getting it from. I'm talking about the second ward. Oh, I forgot. I always forget that that's the second ward. Yeah, race. Nicholas three. is in the second ward. We haven't heard anything from him. Obviously, probably not gonna hear anything from Garza. Um, but Oprah is. I think Oprah is gonna make a push at that. You know, like that's gonna be a really interesting race because Garza, I believe, believes he's just a shoe in. But that's how he's acting. I also oh. believe that the incumbents are waiting until after the primary to get busy. They're trying to. It's like a tactic, right? Yeah. Because they be kind of know they're going to push through the primary at the very least. Yeah. Then they're going to. Then With they're going to get involved and get get cranking. Because I guess they want to know who they're going up against too. But I just think like in the outs outskirts of council, it's more or less for me. It seems like you should just be concerned about your platform rather than digging on somebody else. The mayoral race, now, that's a totally different situation. Yeah. Council is one of those things that you can really only attack somebody's voting record. Mm-hmm. there's nothing else or what they brought to the table because this is another thing we forget about um we forget about uh council being able to bring things to the table bring resolutions in bring change to ordinances and things like that and there's not too many that do this it's funny to me that peter spatafore has been on council for four years now and i haven't seen him bring anything as a resolution i'm not saying he hasn't i have just not been there when he's expressing a want to get a resolution through, passed, none of that. Like, he's not been behind anything. He's only thing I've seen him do is chair the city council meetings. And be on committees. And be on committees, but not bring anything to the table. For instance, as much as I dislike how Brandon Betts has acted over the last year, he did bring ordinances in and try to get them changed. He did bring resolutions through, although, albeit not the one we needed, but he brought others through. Um, you know, Kathy Dunbar has brought things in and try to do things with it. So I just feel like we always kind of just like, just feel like we, the council just got to show up every week. You know, as long as you show up to committee, as long as you show up to this, I just feel like there's much more that can be done. They kind of, it, it's, Get creative it's, it's a little become bit. acceptable. I feel like, because we all know, like, that's the, that's the perception of boards. Like with boards, there's not a whole lot of activity and, and they kind of go in and they show up, they have a conversations, but there's not a lot of waves being made, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, but these are so, and, and that's unacceptable. Um, but those are volunteer positions as well. And they're, it's a little bit different. Council, I feel like is, I mean, come on now, this is city council. It's supposed to be lateral to the mayor's office. We Do we just forget that? This is supposed to be lateral to the mayor's office. Where's like... The balance here, there's no balance. No. In any way, shape, or form. They want it's unity. Frustrating. They want unity and trust. I, see, I, I don't think that's all. Some, maybe, I guess, maybe I guess some of it is unity, but I think unity is a cop-out because all it is is an excuse for inaction and activity because a lot of people on there don't want to make those waves because it is a stepping stone. And when something is a stepping stone and you could have three stepping stones, then you, again, I go back to not wanting it to be traced back to you. You know, look at Brian T. Jackson. Him repealing all of these ordinances will always come up in conversation. Yep. Him, de- always. Want him agreeing him to voting defund, on, yeah. It will always come up. It is why certain people will not step out that way. 
Yeah. So we have to remember that, you know, and, and I'm and I'm not saying what is or isn't as far as political aspirations for him or whatever the case may be. But when we're in this moment, nobody got time. nobody cares about nobody that. has time for your what you're going to do in the next four years. You're here now. Peter Spadafore is literally sitting to run for mayor after Andy Shore leaves. He's just waiting on council as the, and the way he behaves. Governor. After that, the mm. way he behaves now is definitely governor because you got to keep it or Senate clean. or something like that. Something. Ah. I don't know. Governor. Hey, that's going to be tough. After mayor. Why would it be the way that he I moves? don't think he even has. I don't We're think not that he talking has about possibility or probably I'm saying his aspirations. That makes Senate. Sense. Yeah. Senate. That makes sense. I mean, he's just waiting. He's just waiting because I think that Andy is probably going to go for governor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yo, I, I'll just say this. I'm surprised I didn't get in trouble. On, oh, they deleted the thread. <laughs> I told Mike sometimes my goal with people is to get them to delete their comments. Mm. And then somebody deleted the whole thread. But um, if Andy were to, I, I hate that you even said that. That's true, though. That's I what really he's running for. This is why people that. are clamoring around him, because they believe that he runs for another four years here. By that time, Gretchen will be moved on and he's going to run for Gretchen's position can't do it with the support of Gretchen this would be this that would be, would be he's already got the support of Gretchen for that what reason I have no idea but all of this makes me angry in a way that's probably unhealthy but all that keeps running through my brain is the damn caucasity of of him that we have to think about that in a, in a conversation black folks is supporting it not all of them no we're doing work more people dislike Andy than like him, I can tell you that. They see the harm. They see the harm being done. I think that the other candidate, whoever it may be, that runs against him in the primer has just got to show the hell up. And I've been watching the candidates as of now. Farhan has been showing up, although, you know, we can't obviously see what he'll do in a position. Um, but Farhan has been showing up on the issues. I think that Kathy has been showing up on the issues. Um I think Pat is just always where Pat's going to be. I think Pat is just always going to be there. I don't think that it would be anything to expect anything more out of her going forward. Uh, you know, to be honest with you guys, and we are, we're supposed to be off here now, but to be honest with you all, um, what really concerns me is that she even believes that she can win this battle just by sitting back being quiet. There's a, there is a, there is a primary coming in two weeks. Two weeks is all they got left. And, you know, I watch everybody's social media. I watch how they move. I watch the rooms they're in and who they're talking to. I, I know I kind of know, you know, what's going on with these people. And I don't feel that the push to take down a guy, a gigantuan, I don't know if that's the word, but. <laughs> uh, it is now. You know, a, a, a monster like Andy is there that Pat's doing the work to do that with all of the information that she has and can do it. Like not even showing up to council today. Uh, this is the last council meeting. Well, there'll be one more council meeting before the primary. Like, you got to show up. And you got to show up not just there, but you got to show up with some action, with some conversation, and you're trying to get some shit done. I just believe you're going to wake some people up with just your moments that you got on council. Yeah, some people are going to be like, you know, I wasn't really sure, but you showed up in this day. So I don't know. I, I just feel like Pat has absolutely no chance at this point to get through primary. I think Farhan has a better chance than Pat. Well, I mean, just as when we talk about visibility effort, like yeah. like tangible things, like he he he's working. Yeah, he's been holding two. He held a he held a uh, voting um, initiative at the South Side. Uh, what is it? South Side? They call it SWAC, South Washington. 
whatever the case it is, but where they vote at there on South Washington. Mm -hmm. He held an event there and sat there the whole day while people came and voted and registered to vote and got them in. I was like, that's work. That's work he's doing, yo. I mean, Claretta, it's funny because I seen the whole birth of Claretta running and it was like, you know, it's a monumental task to run for that city council at large. But as I've watched, like, we've been riding around the city, and I see Coretta signs everywhere. I haven't seen any Jeff Brown signs. I haven't seen any other signs. Like, And not to say that they ain't working behind the scenes or whatever the case is, but I think they're more reliant on that ticket. And I don't mm-hmm. think they really understand that the ticket you might be on just is not as liked as you may think. Because I think another problem is, like, people like that, Andy, you know, uh, Spatafor, they don't come outside of their circle very often. This is why they don't know the damage of what's going on out here. Because they don't come out of their little nest that they live in they have their little coffee breaks at their coffee shop they go to when they have barbecues they only invite the people that they know aren't going to disappoint them or say anything bad about them so they really don't have the beat of the street to understand how people feel and then they only think because they hear our voices it's just the loudest voices they always say it's all a bunch of people who don't feel that way i don't think so man i think even people who might be leaning conservative are just tired of your inaction and i can tell you one thing that's really funny to me and I'm going to say this on here. I don't want it, but we'll see if it affects change for real, the way this dude moves. It's funny that the people that Andy Shore is pandering to have historically not been the ones that actually vote. But the people who actually vote are aggravated as shit with all of your attention to that group. It's such a terrible, I feel like anyways, it's such a terrible campaign strategy to surround yourself with the bourgeois black folks that don't live in the city, that don't have any influence with the black and brown community in the city, but you surround yourself with them and make your whole campaign about black, this, black, that, when 80% of the voting population in the city are white and about 60% of those are female that don't care about black issues. (laughs) Dumbass. But guess, I mean, who, but guess who's trying to convert those voters their way? You know what I mean? Like you're not even putting the work into the to the people that might they not, might vote right. that don't don't historically vote, but could be a new voter. Like you're not actually trying to do that at all. You're literally just pandering in propaganda. That's it, which which is ineffective in its current state. But people like Farhan, people like Loretta are actually they're activating voters. Yes, activating voters with their information. I just feel like. The, but there's no information he could activate them with. What's he going to say? If the community cared about black people the way that Andy thinks they do, they would have voted. They wouldn't have voted for him. They would have voted Judy Clark. Mm. Your whole campaign strategy was a wash. You might not even get through the primary because you focus too much on black issues with propaganda and the voting base in the city don't care about black issues. They don't when care. You, when you if they did though. care about black issues, then they would have already dropped your ass for eight discrimination lawsuits. They don't care about that. So all your focus being on us, all your focus being on taking pictures with frats and sororities and all of that shit, you pissing off voters, yo. You pissing off a whole lot of people because they want you to pay attention to their front lawns and the street crime and all of that. And you ain't doing nothing to attack none of that. All of us want the crime to stop. And you ain't doing nothing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I believe that a lot of the portion of the city are going to be very frustrated with his inaction. That's it. His inaction and then his his fascination with black people. He has a fascination with wanting black people to like him, although he does everything to hurt us. 
So anyways, Oprah Revish will be on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. We're going to be having a great conversation. I can't wait to get her on here. I've been really looking forward to that. Um, you know, just her conversation that I've heard on Black Lives Matters Forum, Eastside Neighborhoods Forum, NAACP's Forum. There's all these different forums that I've heard her on. Um, you know, she's really seems to be speaking my language. So I mean, she's got a lot of great ideas and yeah. her perception on things and what you know, kind of her goals yeah. are. Or just, I think she has the beat of the city. She understands what's going on in the city. That's a good thing. Um, I think she did say she's an implant here, so that means that she's seen someplace else. And That's I can't wait to hear how that goes. No. It was like the get the get the kid that we were gonna have on Zachary. Uh, they came from Ann Arbor and came to Lansing. And, you know, he had left Ann Arbor when it turned into what he believes Lansing is going to turn into. And he was like warning us, like somebody that came from the future, like, hey, I came from the future. And I just want you all to know seen it all before. I've seen this happen before in our city. And our city used to be great and a very diverse and very like thoughtful. And people cared about the marginalized. And then now it's what Lansing is turning into. I'm seeing it happen. Mm. So I want to hear that from Oprah. I want to hear like where she came from and what she's seen, where she came from, and, like where, her, you know, yeah. it takes something for somebody to step up and run for a campaign. You put yourself at risk for a lot, mm-hmm. and for somebody like Oprah, who's already established in the community, you know, with the Solid Center and things doing, that she's doing, yeah. to step up and say I need to run means that there's a deficit that she's seen, and it was like I got to step up. Same for Claretta. And activated. Themselves. Claretta is a victim who's like I'm going to become a part a part of the solution mm-hmm. rather than being a victim anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So that happens through. Uh, it's funny because when they were talking about ranked choice voting, they were talking about it from the perspective like it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing that all these people are jumping out. I don't think so. I think it's 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 highlighting a bad thing. It's highlighting the fact that there's so much dysfunction that all these regular citizens are like I don't trust y'all. Yeah, I got to get in the race. And but the conversation even surrounding that, it felt real elitist to me when it was like, well, you know, there's so many, almost like they were saying like the pool is so big with, and we want to make sure it's like with serious candidates, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of felt like what y'all are saying is only like people with like the money and the favor and the networks and have that political path are the serious candidates. And I'm like, that's not how democracy truly works. That's what that, it felt yeah, real elitist I, to me. Yeah, was but like, that was like elitist that. to say that. Well, yeah. the, ri- the cream will rise to the top. Wait I a minute. I was like, you mean the political people who have the most money will rise yeah, to the top? That's act bullshit. Like that's equitable. I was like, eh, you, missed, eh, you lost me at that point. Yeah, that's BS. Um, but anyways, Oprah on Wednesday, you guys, uh, still big things coming. Oh, we have boxes now to ship your mugs. I'm sorry, you all. Anybody who's already ordered a mug with us, it'll be in the mail tomorrow, but we have the boxes now. We didn't want to ship it in the mail with, like, bubble wrap and stuff because I know it would get to you broken. But now we bought these boxes that have styrofoam in them and everything so that we can ship those out. But anybody else who's ordered one, which there might, there's a couple of y'all that put up, pit on, put on their pickup. Yeah. Come to the building and pick it up. Email us, text you. us, and yeah. say, hey, can, can we come stop that by? That reminds me. I got to send a follow-up email. Yeah. <laughs> be like, also, hey. we have T-shirts all the way from XL down to small in all three colors. Summertime, y'all. Get y'all t-shirts. Be out here in the know. <laughs> this is the time to show that you know what's going on. The shirts are 20 bucks. They're what? made of beautiful cotton poly blend. They're stretchy. They're tight in the arms where the guys like it and slim in the waist and everything else. So, like, get your get your t-shirts. They're nice and comfy. Yeah. And they Patreon, rise. I believe, will eventually be up. I don't be. know. You know? We got to stop dealing with the issues. We cannot be everybody's advocate. And then we can Did get our own Did y'all see that picture together. of me earlier? Yeah. In the background, that was how I was feeling this morning. Yeah, it was a tight day. It was a tight day. It was a tight day. But anyways, we love y'all. 
We hope that y'all stay informed, stay uh, getting the information from the right spots, and uh, leave the propaganda alone. Uh, pray for Tam Rose. Y'all know Tam Rose, uh, who's been dealing with the city and HUD and everybody else about her roof and the health issues that she has. I seen her today for the first time we met her. And, okay. uh, you know, it was just, it's awesome that COVID is lifting and we're about to, we're starting to see people that we've known for what feels like a lifetime out in public. Uh, but pray for her. You know, I pray for her, her situation, and that, you know, her health, uh, they get they get that all, all figured out and get her situation taken care of. I mean, we can't, uh, we can do our job by voting the people that we know are actively harming people, but let's just put some prayers in the air too. Pray for our city. Uh, pray for these young people that, as I've told you on this show, don't necessarily want to be involved in what they have to be involved with, you guys. So don't just look at all of our young people as their animals and criminals and are out here just shooting no. people. They need us too. I gave you guys a very good scenario to understand the concept of kill or be killed. And if people are in that environment, then they will do what they have to do to survive, right? So just just pay attention to all of that and pray for these young people. Pray for the parents. Uh, pray for our city all in general. You know, pray for the people who are upholding white supremacy to wake up and understand that they're a part of this issue. That every time a young person dies, they 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 kind of help that situation happen. Um, and, and even people that are silent, maybe they're not actually upholding white supremacy, but their silence is violence. Just just pray for all those people, man. And I'm not the holiest of people, but I'm definitely spiritual, and I believe that prayer works. I believe that God is is watching over us, and I believe that we are kind of on a destiny. And, uh, and I believe that we can affect change by coming together in prayer. Um, so, you know, this is the first time I've ever talked about prayer on the show. That's crazy. I don't even know where I came from. Usually because God put it on your heart. Yeah. So. Anyways, pray for our city, man. Um, yeah, just pray for our city. I will so. be. I do often. Love y'all. Peace out. We'll see y'all back Wednesday, 8 o'clock again with Oprah Revish, second ward candidate for our city council. We love y'all. We hope to talk to you and not about you. Peace.